Well, today I want to share a word with you that God has laid on my heart. And the title of this message is Prepare Him Room. We're going to be basing ourselves in Matthew 24, and we're going to come to that in a moment. But you know, we're entering into probably one of my favorite seasons of the year. Christmas is coming. We're entering into the Christmas season, and I absolutely love this time of year. I love all the Christmas films. I love all the Christmas TV shows. I like the Christmas parties, spending time with family members and friends. I love all the Christmas decorations. I love the Christmas dinner, one of my highlights of the year, one of the best dinners of the year. And I absolutely love all the presents as well. I love celebrating Christmas here at church as well. And, you know, we're reminded in this season, the the reason for the season, I know it's cliche, but the reason for the season, which is the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the greatest hope of all. And I love all that takes place here at church. Christmas is a fantastic time of year. And, you know, one of my favorite parts of Christmas are the Christmas songs. I love listening to the Christmas songs on the radio or on my playlist on Spotify, trying to get into the mood ready for Christmas. There are some great Christmas songs out there, like Mariah Carey, the Pogues Band-Aid. They've all released some fantastic Christmas songs. There are also some great Christmas carols as well, which we sing here at Gateway. And I want to invite you to join us for our carol service and our family service, where we'll be singing these songs as we build up to Christmas Day. You know, there are great carols like Hark the Herald and Away in a Manger. We also sing, Oh, come let us adore him. But you know, one of my favorite Christmas carols is Joy to the World. I love Joy to the World. It's a powerful Christmas carol. It's, a, it's an uplifting Christmas carol. And it's got some fantastic truth in it about the birth of our Savior. And you know, there's a line in that carol that says, Let every heart prepare him room. I'm sure you're singing that lyric as I said it just then. You know, we're reminded even in that lyric that Christmas is a season of preparation. There's a lot of preparation that takes place just for one day as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know, I was recently listening to, uh, I recently read a statistic in a newspaper. They carried out a survey here in the UK trying to find out how long it takes people to get ready for Christmas just for the one day. And it's amazing. It says that the average person in the UK, the average adult in the UK, will spend around about a month in total preparing for Christmas. All the hours built up to about a month of the year preparing for Christmas. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a a big dedication, big part of the year that we spend preparing for Christmas. You know, we prepare our homes with all the decorations, with all the trimmings. We prepare all the presents, making sure they're all neatly wrapped. We prepare the dinner as well. You know, as we come to church and as we hear the Christmas story, the nativity story, you know, we're encouraged as well, just like the lyric of that song, to prepare our hearts for Jesus to come into our lives and be our Lord and Saviour. We're reminded of Jesus' first coming. We're preparing our lives to receive Jesus as our Saviour. It is a season of preparation. You know, however, as we come closer to this Christmas season, as all the preparations begin in the coming weeks, you know, the Bible tells us about another event that is just as significant as Jesus' first coming. And it's an event that we should prepare for right here and right now. It's an event that we need to prepare our lives for. You might be wondering today, what is that event? Well, that event is the second coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. You know, I believe 
that Jesus is coming again. Here at Gateway Church Cymru, we believe that Jesus is coming again. And we believe that because that's what the Bible tells us. It's amazing to think that the Bible talks more about Jesus' second coming than it does about his first coming. And you know, I believe that Jesus is coming very soon. Now, I do want to make it clear today that nobody knows when this is going to happen. I don't know. You don't know. No pastor will know. No minister will know. Nobody knows. Listen to what it says in Matthew 24, verse 36. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Not, only, not even Jesus knows when he's coming again. Only Father God knows. So I'm not going to stand here online today and predict a time or a date when Jesus will come again. But you know, the Bible does give us some clues. It gives us some signs to indicate that Jesus is coming very soon. The Bible describes this, these signs as birth pains. It says just like a, a woman who's about to give birth as she goes into labor, that she has all these signs to say that the baby is coming again, all these contractions to say that the baby is coming. The Bible says so it will be with our world. The world will, there'll be signs that take place in our world that indicate that Jesus is coming again. There'll be groanings, just like a woman will groan just about before she gives birth. So it will be with our world. These birth pains, these groanings to indicate that Jesus is coming soon. Matthew 24 verse 4 to 14 says this, as the disciples asked Jesus about the future and the end times. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is, the, is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Now I do want to say online today that this is an event that we shouldn't be afraid of. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you have nothing to be afraid of. But actually, this is an event that we should look forward to with great anticipation. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus is coming again for his church. The Bible says that before Jesus comes, there will be a trumpet sound. And then all those who are followers of Jesus will be raptured, caught up in the air with him. We will meet our Savior, caught up in the clouds with him, face to face. The Bible says that we who belong to him, Jesus is coming back for us to take us out of this world before all the things that will happen in the end will come, before all the, the hard times, the difficult times will come upon the face of this earth. And that's why it's good news for those who believe in Jesus, because he's coming back for you and he's coming back for me. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 4 to 5 says this, but you will not in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light in the day, and we belong to the darkness and the night, and not the night. We don't belong to the darkness and the night. 
You know, this is the great hope of every believer. Jesus is coming again for you and for me. You know, I love what Billy Graham once said, the great evangelist of the 20th century. He said, I've read the last page of the Bible. It's going to turn out all right at the end. We're on the winning side. And I wonder today, do you have this hope? Do you have this hope? Do you know that if Jesus came back right here and right now, that you'd be caught up in the air with him, that he would come back for you? Or would you be left behind? Would you remain here on earth for all the tribulation, for all the difficulties that are coming our way when the Antichrist will come, where the wrath of God is poured out on this, the Antichrist system on this world, where well, this world is going to end up in an absolute mess and then Jesus will come and make it all new again at the end. But I wonder, will you be left behind? When that trumpet sounds, would you be left behind? You know what the Bible says? This is going to happen quickly. In fact, it's going to happen within a twinkling of an eye like that. In an instant, this will happen when Jesus comes again. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 1 to 3. Again, it says this. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write to you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them. As suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begins and there'll be no escape. You know, Jesus said this in Luke 17, verse 26 to 36. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's days. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to park. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Now Jesus here, he isn't saying, you know, I'll just take 50% of people and leave the other 50% of people behind. It's not like Thanos' snap or in the Avengers Marvel film, you know, it's nothing like that. But what Jesus is illustrating here is that those who've got their lives right with Jesus, you know, one moment they'll be here, the next minute they'll be caught up. And the person who doesn't, they'll be left behind. You might be listening to this today and you might say, I haven't got this hope. But, you know, I want to invite you today, get your life right with Jesus. You might be watching this today and you might be wondering, okay, if Jesus is coming again right here, if he's coming again, if he could come again at any moment, how can we prepare for this? How can we get ready for this? Well, I want to share with you very quickly five things that we can do to get ready for Jesus' coming and to live in these last days before he returns. The first thing that we can do is to watch ourselves. Matthew 24 verse 4 says this, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. I wonder today, are you walking with Jesus? Number one, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour? That's the first thing that you need to do. If you don't know Jesus as your Saviour, then make sure you've surrendered your life to him. He's only a prayer away. It's simply by turning away from our sin and saying, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me, that you rose again. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. You can pray a prayer like that even right now. 
and you can know forgiveness of sins and Jesus as your saviour. First of all, are you right with Jesus? And if you are, if you do know Jesus as your Lord and saviour, then you're walking with him day by day. Or are you being led astray by the wickedness of this world, by the sin of this world? Are you being sucked in by all the rubbish, all the fear, and all the temptations and the pleasures of this world? Or are you building your life on Jesus, his word and his promises? You know, Jesus said in the last days, he said, many will come to pull you away. The things of this world will pull you away from him. And he says, don't be led astray. Don't be deceived. Don't be pulled away. But instead, make sure you are walking with Jesus. Make sure you got your life right with Jesus. Make sure you're spending time with him and you're walking with him every day. Don't worry about everything that's happening, but make sure your life is right with Jesus first of all. And that's the first thing that we need to do is make sure that we're watching ourselves. Get your life right if it isn't. If you've wandered away from Jesus, then recommit your life to him. Surrender your life afresh every day to, to, every day to Jesus. Make sure you're right with him. The second thing that we are to do to be ready for Jesus's return is in the words of Corporal Jones from Dad's Army, don't panic, don't panic. Matthew 24 verse 6 says this, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Jesus says here, don't allow panic and fear to overtake your life. As you see all this that is happening in our world, the pandemic, as you see civil wars breaking out left, right and centre, as you see people walking away from Jesus, as you see all the tsunamis, the earthquakes, the floods, which are all indications that Jesus is coming again. He says, as you see all these things taking place, he says, don't panic. He says, as followers of his, he said, we shouldn't be a people who are afraid, who are spreading fear, spreading chaos, spreading panic. But we should be a people who spread in his encouragement. We should be firm. We should be building our lives on him. In these last days, don't be like the world around us. But instead, let's be kind. Let's be humble. Let's be a blessing. Let's not get into fights with people and stir arguments with people. Don't let anything ruin your testimony. But instead, in these last days, be a carrier of God's presence. Be a carrier of hope. Be a carrier of love. Be a carrier of peace in these days. Don't panic, don't fall apart like the world around us, but build your life on the rock and spread his love, spread his light to those who are living in darkness. That's the second thing we can do in these last days before Jesus comes again to get ready for his coming is don't panic, don't panic. Number three, the third thing that we have to do is to endure to the end. Matthew 24 verse 13 says this, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. You know, Jesus said this to his followers, to his disciples. But what does he mean, endure to the end? Why are we to endure to the end? Well, Jesus says in verse 12 and even just a few verses before why we need to endure to the end. He says, first of all, that we'll be persecuted. Followers of Jesus will be persecuted for their faith. It's happening with ISIS. It happens in the Middle East, with Afghanistan and all these countries. People who put their faith in Jesus in China, people who put their faith in Jesus, they persecuted for their faith. They killed for their faith in Jesus. The enemy, Satan, he hates Christianity. He hates the followers of Jesus and he wants to bring about persecution. And, you know, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but, a doom, but I can see that coming even in our nation. People who are followers of Jesus in the last days, they'll be persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And that's why Jesus says here, endure to the end. He also says in verse 12, it says, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Isn't that what we're seeing in our world right now? And even in our church, you know, things that society once said were good and lived by, 
they're now saying is bad and things that society used to say was bad, evil and wicked. They're now saying good and conforming to where there's so much compromise within our time and there's so much compromise within the church as well. We're seeing people walking away from Jesus at a rapid rate. We're seeing sin abounding everywhere, including in the church. Jesus said that's what it will be like in the last days. But he says to those who love him, those who are his followers, he says, look, don't compromise. Don't be led astray. Don't fall into sin. Don't, you know, go into all of that. Don't be led astray. And if you're being persecuted, don't give up. But he says, endure to the end. Let's not be like the world around us and giving in and caving in. But let's stand firm. You know, I believe in these last days, the church of Jesus needs to make a stand. As followers of Jesus, we need to make a stand against what is evil. Let's not mix things up anymore. Let's not compromise and just dilute our message and back away from the truth. Let's stand for the truth. Let's stand against what society is saying is good. Let's stand against what they're saying is good, which we know is wrong and evil. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 19, it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Let's stand on those, it might seem old school biblical truths, but that's what the word of God, it is truth. Let's stand for the truth in our, these days. Don't back away, but let's be people who endure to the end. Believes in Jesus, believes in his word, and will not shy against it. Let's stand for that. Let's endure to the end. Number four, fourth thing we to do in these last days before Jesus comes again to prepare for his coming is to keep preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24 verse 14 says this, and the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. So all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Jesus says here, the Bible says that before he comes again, the gospel will be heard throughout the world. Now, a few years ago, even up until 18 months ago, I would have thought, you know, how on earth is this possible? How are people in remote little villages in remote countries, how are they ever going to hear the good news of Jesus in, in places where they don't have a proper language and where the Bible isn't translated into their language? How will they hear the good news of Jesus? Well, we've seen that the pandemic has accelerated this opportunity through church online. You know, it's amazing that people from right across the world are even tuning in to watch this. People from Australia, I've got relatives who are watching from Australia now and again, and America, We've seen people from Sri Lanka and Jamaica reaching out to us. India, people in other countries watching us as a church here in Abraham and in Aberdeen in South Wales. And they're hearing the gospel being preached. And, you know, this is what the pandemic has caused to happen. You know, it's a good thing. This is a positive thing. The gospel is being spread right the way throughout the world. But not only is the gospel to be preached through online, but it's to be preached in our homes in our neighborhoods. And you know, this isn't just the responsibility of me as a pastor and church leaders, but Jesus is calling all of us as his followers to spread the good news to all those around us. There are people you'll have an opportunity to share with that I will never have that opportunity to. But that's why God has placed you in that family, in that workplace, in that school, in that university, in our community. God wants to use you to spread his good news that he died and rose again for the whosoever, whoever will put their faith in him, could receive forgiveness of sins, could know him as their savior and receive eternal life. That's the good news of the gospel. And I want to encourage each and every one of us. I want to encourage us as a church. Let's be a good news people in a bad news world. Let's be a good news people in a bad news world. Let's share the good news, the gospel of our savior, Jesus Christ. And finally, the fifth way that we can be ready for the return of Jesus. The fifth thing that, the fifth thing that we can do to prepare 
him room, prepare our lives for him, is to lift up our eyes. Luke 21 verse 25 to 28 says this, and there will be strange signs in the sun, moon and stars, and here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in in the heavens will be shaken. That's what we're seeing happening right now. People are terrified at all that's taking place in our world. And then verse 27 and 28 says, Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. Jesus is saying here to stop looking down in despair. He says here to stop looking around at all that's happening in our world and instead to start looking upwards because our salvation is near. Jesus is coming again. You know, normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. Jesus is coming back. Normality, we can't be guaranteed that that will ever come back. But one thing we can guarantee is Jesus is coming again. And so for us who belong to him, who are followers of Jesus, this is our posture. Look up because he's coming. Let's make sure our posture is upward, not panicking, looking at the things around, not in despair, being discouraged that all is taking place. But let's look up. That's where our hope is. Our Savior is coming on the clouds for you and for me. Our posture is one of hope, is one of victory. You know, I believe before Jesus comes again, there will be a great time, end time revival. There'll be many people finding Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But I believe that God wants us to always be in this posture where our heads are up, our eyes are up, because we know that Jesus is coming again. Let's be filled with hope today, church. Let's be encouraged today, church. Jesus is coming again. You know, as we come to a conclusion, you know, as Christmas draws near and all these preparations are taking place as we remember the first coming of our Saviour. Let's not forget today that also Jesus is coming again. Let's prepare him room within our hearts and lives. Let's prepare our lives ready for his second coming because Jesus is coming again. And so I want to encourage you today, look up for our salvation is drawing near. Jesus is coming again. Let's get ready for it. Amen.